Blog Talk Radio.
evening. This is Charles Collingsworth at the White House in Washington, D.C. For many of you, this will be your first visit to this historical landmark. Our tour through these hallowed halls will be conducted by the First Lady.
my great-grandfather and your white-grandfather raped my grandmother and your father stole, cheated, lied, and robbed my father. What kind of a fool would I have to be to say, come, my friend, to the white daughter and son? Good evening, America. This is your president. Please listen carefully to the announcement I'm about to make. After careful consideration and research, Vice President Duke, Congress, and myself have concluded that black people have not advanced technologically. Their educational testing scores are on a rapid decline. The vast majority of them are on welfare and producing babies at a faster rate than they can support them, and we will not carry them anymore. We are left with no other choice but to put slavery back into effect. All blacks will report to the designated camps in their area to receive further orders. The only blacks excused will be those serving in the United States military and the police. Any blacks who do not cooperate will be terminated immediately. I repeat, slavery is back in effect. We at war! That's what I told you. I know you heard what the president said, and if the nigga don't move, then he's dead. It's time for us to take the stand. Woman to woman and man to man. Blood pressure through your veins, you feel the fear. Who'd have thought that it could happen here? In the land of the free, home of the brave. The year's 95, you're a slave. Rewind and review, but the message is clear and it cuts just like the knife. You don't surrender, they take.
should have read the books and understood that America's no damn good. I ain't the hero, I warned you that it was coming. I gave you the message when the fucking drummer was drumming. The end is here for big and small. Mother Africa's final call because... Uh, it's you liberals who have lifted them up, Howard. Paul, you conservatives make a mistake. You can't afford to strangle hope in people. Without hope, people become dangerous. No, Howard, you liberals have let them invade our society. You give them jobs, political jobs. Paul, you missed the point. It's only the smart ones we move up. <laughs> that makes it even worse. No, no, we have to move them up. If we leave a smart one in the ghetto, he might develop into a leader against us. But if we raise him up into white society, we neutralize him. He feels compelled to try to act like us. He loses his identity and uh, his racial anger, if he has any. He becomes alien to his brothers. They realize he sold them out and they grow to hate him. He becomes worthless to them and safe for us. That's no thank you. In fact, in his love for the creature comforts, except for his color, he's become one of us. Uh, it's you liberals who have lifted them up, Howard. Paul, you conservatives make a mistake. You can't afford to strangle hope in people. Without hope, people become dangerous. No, Howard, you liberals have let them invade our society. You give them jobs, political jobs. Paul, you missed the point. It's only the smart ones we move up. <laughs> that makes it even worse. No, no, we have to move them up. If we leave a smart one in the ghetto, he might develop into a leader against us. But if we raise him up into white society, we neutralize him. He feels compelled to try to act like us. He loses his identity and uh, his racial anger, if he has any. He becomes alien to his brothers. They realize he sold them out and they grow to hate him. He becomes worthless to them and safe for us. That's no thank you. In fact, in his love for the creature comforts, except for his color, he's become one of us. We'd like to welcome you to Africa on the Move on the 24th day of September 2023. Yes, this is Africa on the Move, and you listen to the host, Brother Africa. On this particular date, we'd like to just remind you some historical significance about people, history, and struggle. As in 1894, E. Franklin Frazier, a sociologist, were born. John Carew, novelist and playwright, born in Guyana in 1920, and in 1973, Guinea Bissau receive its independence. So today is their independence day. They are brothers and sisters in Guinea-Bissau. This is Africa on the Moon, like always. We're in the seat that we're going to take the heat. As we define it, we're going to stand behind it. We may not give you what you, what you want, but we will definitely do the best to give you what you need. We know that information must be used as a tool for liberation. Therefore, we come tonight 
to speak to the powerful and the powerless. So at this point in time, like always, we can get started with our party a little differently. First, we have a special guest with us, Brother Walmu Keita. He's an organizer for the All African Peoples Revolutionary Party GC. He has a very special event, an important event coming up this Saturday on the 30th. And we want to make sure all of our supporters, listeners, and the rest of the world shine in on this particularly important seminar as it is a seminar in honor of our beloved brother, Osei, for Kwame Nkuma. He's going to give us an update, talk a little bit about his organization, what the significance of the seminar, and then we're going to follow with our normal routine which with our political panelists and analysts, what's going on in your world and the community, and we invite you to join in with us. And we'll close out this program with the theme tonight, Africa, Exploitation, and Cools. That's right. We're going to talk about Mother Africa, this old question of exploitation, and the coups that are going on. So sit back, but you can't relax because we're trying to get our freedom. we got to get on down so we can get on up. And to do that right now, and this is exactly what we're going to do. We're going to bring in our special guest today, Brother Nwadmi Kato, who is an organizer for the All African Peoples Revolutionary Party. And it's always a pleasure to have them back on Africa on the Move. Welcome, Brother Nwadmi Kato, to Africa on the Move. Thank you very much um, for allowing the APRPGC um, be a part of uh, Africa on the Move uh, program. We definitely appreciate and support as it relates to uh, the political education of our people. Um, just want to talk uh, just a few minutes, A, about the All African People's Revolutionary Party, GC, and the work that we're trying to do to better organize and, and institutionalize uh, seminars, programs, and activities uh, to um, educate, organize, and mobilize our people um, specifically for the struggle uh, to unite Africa as one. And, uh, and so we understand ourselves to be uh, inheritors and continuators of the revolutionary theory and ideology and, and, and work of, uh, of Nkrumah, also Kwame and Kwame Ture and I'm Ture, but here to you know to, to highlight and to talk about Nkrumah. Um, and so uh, we are having a Kwame Nkrumah Pan African and International Seminar. Uh, Saturday, Saturday, July 30th, uh, starting at 12 o'clock. And again, it, I think it's important that we underscore that this is a seminar in a series that we in the AHRPGC are trying to institutionalize, whether it be the Kwame Nkrumah Day, uh, whether it be the the uh, Secretary Day, whether it be uh, African Women's Day, uh, African Liberation Day, which is an institution in the African Revolution, but uh, 
our goal is to institutionalize these activities and these programs and seminars to more consistently uh, provide information uh, for the mass of our people to better understand the nature of the struggle in which we engage. But I think also to uh, help bring together the progressive and revolutionary forces throughout the African world. And uh, they are reflected in, in those who, who agree to participate uh, in, in our seminars. Uh, I think it's also important to note that we are not an issue-oriented uh, party and that we seek to be consistent with trying to um, help our people understand the exact nature of the struggle in which we are, are engaged. And, and, and with that regard, uh, we have a theme for our, of our seminar uh, to pay homage to uh, the theory and the work of Nkrumah. Uh, and, and the banner that we are um, going to discuss, the, you know, the issues we think are important to our people is fighting imperialism, neocolonialism, and Zionism in Africa and its uh, diaspora for one unified socialist Africa. And so within the theme itself, we identify the enemy that we are fighting against, and we also identify the objective that we must fight for to defeat the enemies in which we are fighting. And, and so we think it's very important that our people understand that our struggle is a revolutionary struggle and that our struggle is pan-African, meaning that uh, Africans through migration but also through dispersion due to imperialism are living all over the world. And we are one people, even though we may live in the United States or the Caribbean uh, or, or, or in, uh, in Fiji Island or Solomon Islands or Australia, that we are one people. And, and, and that the nature of the struggle that we are engaged is a struggle to unite our continent, which has been divided by imperialism, but, uh, but most importantly under a socialist government, meaning that the wealth of society, the resources, the production, the, the, the product of the people's labor are put back into the hands of the people. Those who produce are those who consume. And, and so we think those are the fundamental uh, questions and issues that our people should be, uh, other than, you know, fighting to survive. And, of course, we must do that. But the, to change the condition in which our people live in Africa and throughout the world, we must defeat uh, international imperialism. We must defeat the uh, puppet regimes inside of Africa that are collaborating with uh, the international imperialists to exploit our people and its resources. We must, be in, we must fight Zionism in Africa because Zionism is the enemy of Africa and the African Revolution, and we must be in solidarity with the Palestinian people who are victims of Zionist genocide inside of Palestine. But all of this uh, that we are against is resolved in the process and the revolutionary struggle to unite Africa as one. And so it's within that context that we are organizing these seminars and these programs and these activities, all of them designed to build the All-African People's Revolutionary Party or to inspire our people to join an organization that is struggling uh, for Pan-Africanism, one unified socialist Africa. And uh, this year uh, we thought it important within the context of uh, the broader discussion that we have just uh, kind of presented 
there are some specific issues that are affecting Africa today that's associated with, you know, if you, if you stand abreast, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, contestation going on in Africa uh, and where the uh, military is seizing power in some of these countries uh, and articulating positions that are opposed to neocolonialism and the suffering of our people as a part of the process by which uh, history will, will, will judge and will determine what role they, they are playing towards the, this, this struggle to rid Africa of the exploitation of, of the masses. Um, and so our, uh, our first kind of panel, we're going to be talking about the military-industrial complex and talking about AFRICOM and NATO and ECOWAS and, and these military entities that are operating inside of Africa. And uh, we have representation or representatives from Niger and Ghana uh, and from Haiti, uh, Burkina Faso, that are going to talk about uh, the, this issue as it relates to the, the countries that they kind of represent or are from. Uh, but for the All African People's Revolutionary Party, we understand that the military industrial complex, we understand that AFRICOM and NATO and all of, of these military entities for Africa to be free and united, they will be defeated. Uh, there's no question, as Kwame said years ago, that that imperialism will find its grave in Africa. And I think that the, 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 we can see the movement, the motion to expel imperialism from the African continent, but they're not going to leave without a fight. So we have to discuss these issues uh, that are pertinent and critical to understanding what's going on in Africa today. Um, we're also going to talk about uh, the exploitation of Africa's mineral resources and labor. And we think that's important because the conditions in which African people live, not only in Africa, uh, but throughout the world, for the most part, is a, is a set of conditions of, of poverty. And, and that's due to the exploitation of our people. Uh, but Africa is the wealthiest, uh, or, or it looks to be the wealthiest continent on earth. So the problem is not with the wealth that the land of which we are from, uh, the problem is not its wealth. The problem is that the natural resources of Africa are going are being exploited by international imperialism. So Africa is being raped of its gold, its uranium, its diamonds, uh, its coltan, all the, the various minerals and, and resources that are there are being drained from the continent to feed the capitalist countries of Europe uh, and the United States. And so we also wanted to to talk about how to impact this process, uh, how to support those uh, regimes, those governments that are fighting to, to, to see that the raw materials of Africa are used for the benefit of its people. And at the same time, again, we're fighting against neocolonialism, uh, which means that some of the uh, governments of Africa are puppet governments, and they are actively participating in allowing imperialism to rape Africa with some, uh, uh, mineral resources. And so they need to be uh, exposed and, uh, and, and, and put forth so that the people themselves can wage this struggle to see that Africa's resources are used for the benefit of African people. Um, and then lastly, uh, we want to talk about sanctions uh, because imperialism, every place that African people are fighting for 
genuine independence and socialism, they suffer uh, under the sanctions of U.S. imperialism in particular, but international imperialism in general. And so you see that in Venezuela, uh, you see it in Cuba, you see it directed against uh, Zimbabwe, or Eritrea, or uh, North Korea in terms of international. And so we in the APRPGC see that sanctions are an act of war against our people. And, uh, and we think it's pertinent that our people understand that. And I think they do understand it because when a country is sanctioned, the, the, the necessities of life are not necessarily available. The medicine, uh, food, those things that are needed uh, to, to live a uh, successful, a, 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 a happy uh, everyday existence don't exist. And, and so our people who are struggling to rid themselves of being oppressed and exploited uh, are being sanctioned, which means that, again, uh, that poverty and those kind of things, even in, in, in revolutionary countries, uh, they're making it so difficult for people to survive with the intent of if the people become discontented with how things are uh, and, and, and the suffering they have to uh, withstand, under, even under a socialist country that is under sanction that they will come out against the, uh, the, the socialist government. And we know that's not, uh, that's not the case, but that is the objective of sanctions directed at, at these countries and whatnot. So those become uh, another issue for us to discuss. And we think when we put all of this discussion together, uh, it is important that we come up with what is the plan of action that is needed and necessary to take this uh, struggle against imperialism and the colonialism and against all of these expressions of the oppression of our people, what do we do to take that struggle forward? And of course, for the APRPGC, uh, we think the political education and, and mobilization of the African masses is the strategy that is necessary to build the APRPGC. But in, in addition to, we recognize the importance uh, that Nkuma raised the, 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 the building of an all-natural coordination. And, and so the name is not important, but I think the idea and the concept for the APRPGC is that we want to improve our organizational relationships with progressive revolutionary organizations worldwide, be they African or be they international. And, and so that is a part of what we think is important to bring the forces of progress together on an ongoing basis, on a production kind of basis, working relationship basis, and to, and to collectively uh, uh, point our energy and enemy against a common enemy, uh, and, and, and that enemy being uh, international imperialism led by the United States. And so in a nutshell, that's the overall program uh, that we are organizing um, and again, we have representations from uh, organizations from throughout Africa and the Caribbean, um, South America, et cetera. And we really encourage uh, the listening audience to, 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 to be a part of this discussion, uh, to be a part of this struggle. Uh, our ultimate task is to inspire you to become an active participant in the revolutionary struggle for Pan-Africanism, which we understand to be the only solution to the exploitation and oppression of African people worldwide. There is no other solution other than Pan-Africanism, which simply means one unified socialist Africa. 
And so that's the ultimate objective is, is to activate and to mobilize our people so that we can um, accelerate the pace of the struggle to unite Africa as one. Uh, and so, again, we encourage you to, 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 to uh, register, uh, and you can go to our uh, webpage at uh, www.a-aaprp-gc.org, and uh, you can register there. And then also there's a lot of various information uh, about different struggles and movements in the world, uh, the participants uh, that are going to be at this particular seminar, they have links for their organization there, so you can study them uh, and learn about them uh, 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 yourself without having to uh, rely on anybody, you know, from the APRPGC or anyone else to give you the information. We have it there for you. And so uh, with that, um, you know, we'll go ahead and I guess if there's any questions uh, that any of the uh, that I have left uh, unanswered, and you know, I'll take those, and then we'll close out. Uh, but again, I, I thank uh, Africa on the Move for allowing us to uh, take this time to uh, extend our invitation to your participation in this seminar this coming Saturday at 12 o'clock. We thank you very much, and as always, we stand ready for revolution. President Walimu, what makes or why is it that the AAPRPGC characterized our struggle as a revolutionary one? Can you give our people some further clarification why this party used the word revolutionary? Uh, yes. The, in, the, in the history of, of, of the struggle of people, the revolution is just a part of history. Um, as we see it and understand it, the change of one means a, a mode of production to another in itself is a revolutionary act. And that's why even the enemy of the African Revolution, the United States imperialism, they are happy about the so-called American Revolution. Because what is true is that they were a part of the process to overthrow uh, the monarchies of Europe and to found what, uh, what we would say is a bourgeois state, uh, a capitalist state, a state that uh, is founded on the exploitation of human labor, both indigenous here and then, of course, with the, with the, with the rape of Africa and, and African people to be brought here to, to, to work. And so uh, we say revolutionary because we want qualitative change for our people. Qualitative meaning that we want to eliminate the exploitation of one human being uh, by another. That, that we want to eliminate the conditions for that to exist. And the only way that that can happen is through revolution, meaning that um, we have to defeat the, those who are engaged in the exploitation of our people because they're not going to stop exploiting our people without a fight. That's, that's a historical fact. And, and so anywhere that you see uh, independent African countries, all of them had to fight, particularly those who were victims of settler colonialism where Europeans moved into those areas themselves. They fought harder to, to stay in Africa uh, than those who uh, colonized through more indirect uh, rule, those kinds of things. And so uh, the only way that Africa will be 
socialist is which means it's the only way that Africa will be free of, of the exploitation of one human human being o, o, over the other is through revolutionary struggle. It is to fight to destroy the system of ex- oppression and exploitation of our people. And in Africa, neocolonialism is the dominant expression of exploitation in Africa. It only means that the European imperialists found it necessary to relinquish political power in their hands and uh, appoint African leadership to maintain the positions of power, but to do so on behalf of international imperialism and to continue the exploitation of our people. They are, they, are, they are the people that we're fighting today. You know? And so when we talk about the unification of Africa, again, it is going to be a revolutionary struggle of the masses of the people. And I, when I say revolutionary struggle, it may not be armed. We wouldn't be, discount that. But history has documented where through mass organization, revolutionary parties have come to power and, and maintained themselves in power because of the relationships that they have built amongst the masses of the people. So the strategic and tactical questions will be determined at that point. But there's no question that scientific socialism is the only economic system that is workable in Africa, which takes us back to communal Africa, where the wealthy society was in amongst the collectivity and not of, of the individual. And those are the principles by which we want to see Africa move forward. And, Brother Wallenu, before I turn you over to my panelists and analysts, they may have a question or so to ask you. I would like for you to speak to the symposium, the Kwame Nkrumah International Pan-African Symposium event that will take place this Saturday, which is the 30th, from 12 to 4.30. Could you speak a little bit about the symposium and its relationship to addressing the issues of all of these various coups that are taking place or have taken place in Africa and its relevance to African people here and as well. Why should Africans in the United States, South America, Caribbean be, um, be, 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 be interested in terms of trying to see why we are talking about coups in Africa when they live in other geographic areas? In other words, how are these coups impacting our people on a global basis? Um. I would say, one, that in general, that the continent of Africa is on fire, uh, continent-wide, and meaning that uh, the, the people are in the streets. The, the people are talking about uh, the, the ending of, of poverty. The people are talking about, uh, particularly in the West, French, the French being out of Africa, French imperialism being out of Africa. But they're also talking about the U.S. being out of Africa. And so that, that discussion uh, is a discussion of the people, uh, which, is a, which, which is a great thing. Um, one of the things that Nkrumah said, and this is back in the 60s, he said that the core of the African Revolution is in Africa. And, and that becomes very important. I think one of the great contributions that Malcolm X made uh, being an, an, an African born in the Western Hemisphere, and, but as a Pan-Africanist saying that Africans 
in the West be united with the Africans in the East, or Africans inside of Africa, and that one group will not advance without the other group advancing. We, it's, 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 a, it's a simul, not necessarily simultaneous, but what happens in Africa impacts what happens uh, in, in, the, in the United States. And, and the nationalism of our people and its expressions in Africa are also impacting the African nationalism and expressions inside the United States. And, and so that, uh, that linkage cannot, cannot be separated. Um, now, the, 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 the issue of, of the coups are, and I think history is defined, is the direction in which they will go. That if they're going to play a progressive role, and I, I say progressive, not revolutionary, but aggressive role in terms of moving the struggle of our people forward. And we can use the example of, of the, the line of, of some of the regimes in West Africa are anti-imperialist, and that's good. That's good. And so to that extent, they move our people, people struggle forward one step. Uh, but if you look at the uh, bone, I think it is, that the, the, uh, the coup there is pro-French. So here it's, it's regression. Uh, it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's regression uh, because there is no, there's no, um, oh, I'm sorry, there's no uh, people involved. There's, there's, there's no advocation of, of, of changing the conditions which the people live and those kinds of things. And so these are important discussions uh, uh, to have. It is important to know, for example, that uh, Venezuela, which is, is, is a country that's fighting to build scientific socialism, that the, the catalyst for that struggle was uh, Cesar Chavez, who was in the military and, and pulled a coup, and they organized the coup. Uh, but what he did, which is historic, was that they transformed uh, the entity uh, that helped with the coup and separated it from the military itself, and they, they founded a party, a party of the people. And so, again, uh, it is not to support or condemn the court itself at, at this time, but it's to stay abreast of the conditions or the direction in which they are going uh, and the line in which they are pushing. And then history itself will determine whether they are reactionary, uh, only to seize power, to, to maintain the conditions in which our people are living, or they, in fact, have made class suicide or became conscious of the need to play a role to transform the lives of our people in a positive revolutionary manner. And so time will tell on those questions, but it is an important discussion to have today to understand what is going on in Africa today and what, where we should lend our support and where we, we should make our condemnation. Okay, just one time that's you listen to at this point in time, you listen to Africa on the Move. We're talking to Brother Iwalu Kato, who is an organizer for the All African Peoples Revolutionary Party, GC. You're going to turn the mic over to our political panelists and analysts. We have each one of them to address or ask one question or make a comment as it relates to the upcoming Kwame Nkrumah International Pan-African Seminar and addressing 
some of the issues or concerns that has been articulated by Brother Keto, who represents the AAPRPGC. Brother Anthony, the mic is yours. One question or comment, please. Uh, certainly. Uh, uh, this is uh, this is a complex struggle. Uh, could you speak to the importance of um, of uh, of forming alliances with other people that are struggling against uh, common enemies, such as uh, imperialism and Zionism? Yeah, I think that there are two aspects of that question. Uh, when we say Pan-African, it means all Africans, um, no matter where in the world that they may live. And and so that we're not necessarily allying with each other. But the African masses or the African revolution in itself is part and parcel of the international socialist revolution. And so um, so in, th- in that regard, uh, I think there are two, two sets of issues or work to be done. Uh, I think one is that for Pan-Africanism to be realized, the African organizations must come together as one to, to fight to make that happen. Uh, and that that requires the establishment of working relationships and ideological relationships with revolutionary progressive African organizations for a while. I think at the same time, in every country or society, there's going to be progressives or, or revolutionary forces, be they in Palestine, be they in Europe, um, be in the European diaspora. Uh, and I think on that basis, as socialists, we are obligated to establish uh, organizational uh, and, and political and principal relationships with those forces because all of us are a common enemy. And for international imperialism uh, to be defeated, of which it will be defeated, it will be necessary for the revolutionary and progressive force around the world to work together to make that happen. And so the importance of alliances uh, is a critical uh, need for all people who are struggling against a common enemy and, and, and common objectives. Uh, thank you, Anthony. Next, we will go to Brother Haki. The mic is yours. Your question or comment, please, Brother Haki. The mic is yours. <clears throat> yes, sir. Quick question for the brother. You know, Igawas, you know, um, you know, at one point was advocating the possible military engagement uh, in, uh, in Nigeria. Now it seems to advocate a more asymmetric kind of warfare, in, in particular sanctions and blockades. Now my question to you, brothers, why, what, what do you think may account for this change of direction of Igawas, particularly when it has Western support? Well... I think you would have to have some sense also of the nature of the military on the ground. Um, and they may not be as well-trained as the officials in power suggest. I, I think that one of the things about 
uh, Africa with the level of corruption uh, that is that exists inside these governments, the rank and file soldiers are not really <laughs> treated very well, and 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 they 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 also suffer and struggle to maintain their existence because it's so different than a military person here that their little check is guaranteed. Uh, so my experience, for example, and I've only been to Guinea, uh, is that, you know, it's, things have kind of changed now, but I've had the experience where, you know, they you get stuck up, so to speak, and you got to pay. And, uh, that's, that's the way it was. Um, but I don't think they really wanted to fight. Um, I think that they had to come that route uh Rhetorically speaking, that they would invade—I don't, I don't, I don't think—and I can't say this is the position of my party, but I don't think they really wanted to fight. And uh, I think uh, with the, the alliance between uh, Niger, Mali, and, uh, and Guinea, uh, and and also Algeria—I don't know if you know—Algeria sent uh, its military into Niger to help defend it. And then with the assistance of the uh, Soviet Union, not Soviet Union, I'm sorry, Russia, I'm saying they, they, there were some resources put at their disposal that would have made uh, the invasion of, of, of Niger a very difficult enterprise in which I don't think the neocolonial puppets uh, inside of Africa are going to fight anybody who really wants to fight. Uh, and they will massacre civilian populations, et cetera. But uh, then, then I don't think that uh, without the U.S. support that they, 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 they want to fight. I, that's just what I think. And I think in Niger they were ready to fight. The people were ready to fight. And also there was a lot of opposition at the level of the people. And Africans in Nigeria, for example, who were on the border of Niger, wasn't getting, they, they didn't support because they had family on the other side of the border. Uh, and so I think there's a lot of uh, what is missed is that the understanding of where did the masses stand on the question of the invasion of Niger, and they didn't have the they didn't have mass support. Next, we we'll go to Brother Moses. Brother Moses, your question or a comment? The mic is yours. Uh, let me say that um, it is always a privilege and an honor to be in a seminar with the All African People's Revolutionary Party, GC, because that consciousness uh, on display is is just uh, incredible. And I've always enjoyed um, the seminars. And so I look forward to the seminar this coming week. uh, And I really appreciate the brother uh, consciousness. Um, It it just amazes me... uh, that uh, we have uh, awareness of the political situation, and we just need to spread that consciousness to the mass of the people. That's that's the goal. That's the organizational or goal and plan. And uh, and uh, uh, the just struggles of the people naturally support each other. My main goal is the revolution within the U.S. of A. mainly, and so I'll leave it right there. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. Next, we'll go to Sister Eleanor. Only a question or a brief comment. The mic is yours, Sister Eleanor. Thank you. I'd just like to also thank the 
the party for just this wonderful narrative that was the brother just gave and uh, explaining what happened in Niger and uh, bringing up Algier. And my question is, what is going on with the Algerian pipeline that seems to be being really downplayed and uh, is it being utilized right now? The Algerian pipeline. I'm not sure. I know that the question of uh, oil was, uh, was I, which I didn't even know, but there's a, there's a pipeline of Nigeria going north, and all of that is going to be factored in uh, in how this this process unfolds. Um, there's there's no question. Africa's, I mean, the United States troops are on the ground in Africa. There's no question. And uh, to think that they would not use them if uh, their economic interests were threatened uh, on our part would be idealistic, because that's not their history. Uh, but I don't. I don't. I, you know, to be quite honest, I don't have the details or know specifically about the uh, the Algeria, the uh, the pipeline itself. I don't know. Next, we're going to take this call. A call. You have locked your number. We normally don't take locked numbers, but we're going to bring you in. But we're going to ask you to be respectful to the program as well as to our guests. I call one one one. Your question or a comment, please. Greetings. Uh, greetings. This is Brother Warren based in New Orleans. And my question is, given that we have young generations here in the United States, how do we uh, continue to uh, spread the word of Pan-Africanism, given that through social media, a lot of young people are learning to be xenophobic against other black immigrants? We have a lot of continental Africans who are immigrating to the United States. So how do we create continue that bond we had in spite of this uh, tribalistic mindset that's being instilled in a small element of black youth through social media and being acted out in city council meetings against immigrants. Well, I, I would suggest I'm, uh, I work in a high school. Uh, I'm with uh, seventh graders to twelfth uh, graders every day. Um, I would only suggest, again, that in terms of youth, you have your more progressive conscious element that uh, they do exist, and then you have what I would call more your street or hood uh, uh, element, and, and they exist. But I think uh, that what, what we have to do is understand that we must use the technology of the enemy against the enemy. Uh I ha- I'm on TikTok. I have Snapchat. I have Facebook. I- I'm on all these apps because that's where our kids are at. And so we just need to organize uh, within organization or, G- or any organization, but we need to make a concerted effort to use these apps and spread the, 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 the like you say, spread the word of Panathenism or the role of youth or just educate them in the mediums that they use. And I think if we take that approach, we'll see, we'll, we'll see that we'll have an impact on their thinking because I think they'll gravitate to the truth also. They just don't the same exposure. Uh, myself, I'm older, 
you know, I, I and I was a teenager, the civil rights movement was going on, so I was seeing the, the beatings and stuff myself on television. Sat in the same room with Fannie Lou Hamer as a high school student. They don't they don't have that same reality. So again, you know, what I would suggest what would work for us is that we use the same media, social media that they listen to and work through themselves, but we make sure that that information that we're discussing now is a part of what they're being exposed to. And out of that, we will impact those students in a way that I would think that we would see a change in a lot of behaviors that they exhibit today. Might I, may I say something? Yes, go ahead, Carla. Yeah, yes. well, what I was referring to, you have a generation in their 20s and 30s who are taking upon themselves to be intellectual about our cause, and they're actually advocating uh, a distance, and, and, they're, and they've wrapped their rhetoric in the call for reparations, and they're, they're, they're advocating distancing uh, American blacks from other black immigrants, and I just don't see enough of us calling that out for what it is, that that is some sort of intelligence operations that is instilling a tribalistic concept like in Africa so many of our people here could have hostile and aggressive behaviors against other blacks. And just like poor whites were taught that blacks took their jobs and all that, I see that some blacks are being taught that black immigrants are taking their jobs and so on and so forth. Right. Yeah. I agree with you, my brother. I, I agree with you 100%. And that's that's the work of the enemy. Their, their their job is to spread confusion, and our job is to spread the truth. So I agree with you. But I, again, I think. Now go ahead. Yes, we know that we ask for a certain amount of time to interview you, and we know you have a lot of work to. We do. If you can allow us at least about five more minutes, we'd be much thankful if you could stay by another five more minutes, if that's possible. Okay. okay, that's fine. Now, what I would like to do is for you to talk to our international audience, particularly to our African communities outside of Africa, around the importance of building an all-African people's revolutionary party, GC, as it relates to your dreams and the ideas and the aspirations of your ideal, Kwame Nkrumah and Secretary Ray. So the Africans who listen to this program, they will have a vehicle finding a way of contacting the AAPRP GC to help build this international Pan-African party for the interest of the liberation and unification of Africa. No response. Who we'll speak to that audience, Brother Walimu? Well, I think it's in, in this regard, I think that um, we always kind of have to look to Kwame uh, in terms of the role he played uh, in the African Revolution and as, as a revolutionary. Um, I would suggest that in, 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 in the struggle of our people, there's no sideline. There, you know, there's no out of bounds, so to speak, where you have the luxury of, of not being involved. 
uh, and Kwame used to always say that uh, that if you're not in a organization that's struggling for your people, you're against the people. And, and so I think what he was suggesting, which is consistent with the with the teachings of, of Kwame and Kuma, is that um, that practice without thought is blind, and thought without practice, practice or action is empty. And so, I think when we when we talk about struggle, I think the pro, the first condition for our con, con, contributing to the struggles of our people is that we're going to join an organization that we think. Uh, is is representative of what we stand for, what we believe in, irrespective of what it is. Um, that was one of the contributions that Garvey made to the struggle for Pan-Africanism was the question of organization, where you had one million members that that uh, that spanned the globe, and uh, within the context of the All African People's Revolutionary Party (GC), uh, we also uh, see the necessity of a Pan-Africanist Revolutionary Party uh, being built to uh, incorporate the, the, the needs and aspirations of our people. There, there, there can be no democracy in the African world outside of organization. The point is also that, and I'm not talking about democracy in, in the bourgeois sense, the Democratic Party, Republican Party, uh, the bourgeois parties of Europe. We needed an all-African party, a party of our people, so that the decisions that we collectively agree on, we also at the same time collectively are responsible to implement those those decisions. And that, that's the process. Um, and so the all-African people's revolutionary party uh, always offers itself as a vehicle for, for political education, and for participation uh, in a struggle to build a party that has the capacity uh, to politically educate and, and organize our people worldwide, because that ultimately is, is, is what we understand is necessary uh, to see Africa united as one. All Africans must participate in that struggle. Half of the African population is not on the African continent, and so they cannot divorce themselves from that struggle. Uh, again, Nkuma was correct. He said, "Into Africa is free. The black man lacks the national homeland." It's true. That must change. And, and, and so, uh, you know, the APRP can be contacted again at www.a-aprpgc-dot-org, and, uh, and 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 check us out. And, and you know, we're not perfect. Uh, far, by far, but we are sincere, and uh, and we're looking for others who are sincerely trying to make a, a contribution to African African people worldwide to help us in this effort and this cause. Um, and that's that's why we do what we do, and, and we know that without our people, uh, victory is not assured. That with our people, uh, there's no question that victory is ours. And Brother Walmu, can you say a few encouraging words or what you saw and felt just recently coming back from home? 
West Africa, get it to Creek, and, um, you know, and just give our listening audience and our people some sense of aspiration and hope for what the future looks like for, for Africa and African people. Yeah, and again, I was fortunate uh, in the last couple of months to have an opportunity to spend some time in, uh, in Guinea. Um, and uh, I would only say, only say that our brothers and sisters in Guinea, uh, which I think is, we could, we could generalize more to Africa, but we do know the work of Ahmed Segutray and, and whatnot to educate the people there. But and I, we just need to unite. We are one people. And uh, and we we need to to be within organization. I think that's that's what I got out of being in Guinea. We're saying the same thing. We have the same problems. Uh, and uh, I was our their the arms were outreached for a, a, a brother, or a son, or whatever coming home. Um, and, and so, I, like I said, Africa's on fire. Uh, there's no question that. Uh, that panafricanism is going to be a realization uh, on our continent. There's no question. There's no African that would ever say that Africa should not unite. Not at home. That that all of us, all of us uh, that are, are conscious and aware of who we are, understand that Africa is one. And uh, and, and so we just have to take the responsibility, not being on the continent. Of Africa to be in close association and contact and organizational relations with our brothers and sisters who are also fighting. Uh, we we just need to to have those that contact and communication and, and organizational relations. Um, but I was inspired leaving uh, leaving Guinea, uh, and I definitely will be returning to continue some of the work that we at GC uh, have have been doing there. And on that note, my brother, we would like to thank you and the All African Peoples Revolutionary Party GC for the work that they have done and continue to do. And we definitely want to encourage all our listeners, supporters, and people who hear this program to make sure they go to the website and register and join in and join with the APRP GC on Saturday, September the 30th from 12 to 4.30 Eastern Standard Time, U.S., and it's going to be an excellent program, as the brother stated earlier. You know, no matter where you are around the world, you can log in on the computer or through the phone, and it will be a Zoom seminar. So, Brother Wallamu, again, I can get in touch with the organization, and, um, and you'll find appeal to why they should support the seminar. Uh, again, we can be contacted at www.a-aaprp-gc.org. Uh, um, again, we encourage you to, to uh, take a look. Uh, we encourage you. Um, and as Kwame used to always say, you know, if, if it's not us, just join an organization that's fighting for your people. Um, and I'll just leave with this. It, statement by Nkrumah. Nkrumah says that uh, we must organize as never before for organization besides everything. And uh, that's, that's where we're at as GC. We're trying to make our contribution there on the question of revolutionary organization for the mass of our people. 
and we encourage you to to do that so also. Thank you. And we thank you to our listening audience. You listen to Africa on the Moon. We just interviewed Brother Juan Mukato, who is an organizer for the All African People's Rubbish Strand Party GC. We just sent you, that's right, we sent you an invitation on behalf of the party to come and join them on the 30th of September from 12 to 4.30 online where we're going to deal with this issue of uniting Africa. They have various countries and movements from all around the world, from Ghana to Niger to Nigeria to Haiti to Mali to Guinea to Libya to the Congo to Algeria to Guyana and then United. It's a pan-African seminar, and this is what they do. They want to unite our people on one goal, one destiny, one aim, and a free unified socialist Africa. So, again, we'd like to thank the APRP and Brother Wallamu for making their contribution to today's program, and we hope that you will make yours by joining them this Saturday from 12 to 4. And visit our website again. You can register by going to their website at www.a-aprp-gc.org. That's right. You listen to Brother Africa. This is Africa on the Moon. As we define it, we're going to stand behind it. We're going to get on down so we can get on up. Come and join us. We need more freedom fighters, and we're going to get them because it's a part of that culture to produce freedom fighters. So what we're going to do right now, don't go nowhere. We're going to take a rubber culture break. And when we come back with our political panelists, the analysts, and, of course, you, we welcome you to call in at 323-679-0841 and let us know what's going on in your world and the community. We'll do that in the next five minutes or so. And uh, for right now, let's listen to some music inspiration. Let's continue to travel down this road of liberation. This is Brother Africa, and this is Africa on the Moon, and Africa will be free. Hey, hey, hey. 
negative attitude towards Africa. In San Francisco, on African Liberation Day, Brother Walter Rodney, an African historian, noted both the importance of African Liberation Day in terms of our African identity and some of the root causes for our problem of identification. I have met brothers and sisters who say that their mother tongue, quote unquote, is French, Spanish, Dutch, Portuguese, as well as English, which we speak. And because of this, we have a problem of identification. We do not know whom we are. And that is why this gathering is of great symbolic importance, because it is an act of identification. We are saying that we identify with the African people of the African continent. We are saying that we are an African people. And when we make this identification, have no illusions about the fact that this is a very revolutionary initiative. It is a rejection of every other form of identification which the white society has asked us to accept. Let me draw your attention to something which white universities and white libraries practice. And this is a university community. Numerous universities lie around this land. Go into their libraries and check the Library of Congress cards under Europe or Europeans. You will find all entries listed concerning the continent of Europe. You will also find entries listed about Europeans in East Africa, Europeans in North Africa, Europeans in Asia and Australia. Look under the Chinese, you will find entries listed not only for mainland China, but for Malaysia and for the Chinese in, in, the, in North America. But look under Africa and the Africans, the only entries under Africans relate to the continent itself. There are no entries on the Africans overseas. There is no such category. Africans who have been raped from the continent mysteriously disappear and become Negroes. We'd like to welcome you back to Africa on the Moon. It's the 24th day of September 2023. One of the things we'd like to share with you that Africa on the Moon has been in operation and serving the African community and its diaspora for 11 years. And next Sunday, October the 1st, the first Sunday of October, we're going to celebrate another anniversary of coming to you live, speaking truth to the powerful and powerless, and doing our best to give you information so that you can use it as a tool for liberation and to introduce you to organization. Because without organization, you cannot defeat the enemy. Organization is the key to all of this. You must get organized. So we want to ask all of our supporters, friends, listeners, listener, make sure you join in as we celebrate our 11-year anniversary of existence. And as you know, this particular program is under the banner of the African Awareness Association. And like always, if we're going to build this institution and make it grow, we will always need the people's support. So if you want to share with us and make a 
send a gift or a donation, you can do that by sending it to African Awareness Association, P.O. Box 27, no, P.O. Box 4433, Richmond, Virginia, 23220. That's to African Awareness Association, P.O. Box 4433, Richmond, Virginia, 23220. Or you can cash app us at dollar sign, capital L, small e, small e, small c, small r, small o, small b, or zealous at African Awareness Association 2 at Gmail. We thank you for any and all contribution that you would like to share with us. And, of course, we will always do the best we can to serve you the best that we know how. So at this point in time, we would just like to go back to our political panelists. And before we go to what's going on in our world and your community, we don't want to um, short-circuit you by not first and foremost giving you a brief introduction of our panelists and analysts for today's program, like always. So at this point in time, we can bring in our brother, Haki, who is an organizer for the African Awareness Association. We'd like to welcome to the program, and welcome, brother Haki. <clears throat> brother Africa, uh, thanks for having me. My name is Haki Kamafi Mishoki, and brother Africa, <clears throat> you know my thing is all about institution building. Uh, but certainly when we talk in the context of institution building, one of the things we have to be critically concerned about it's the kind of actions we persist in in terms of bringing about some type of resolve uh, concerning the problems that we're confronted with in the society. Now, one of the things recently there was a uh, sort of a reunion of sorts of the sick the March on Washington uh, back in the 60s. And uh, it's very interesting because when we think about the original March on, March on Washington, when we look at the level of inequality in American society, particularly as it relates to African people, uh, that level of inequality actually increased. And so clearly there are some different things we have to do in terms of addressing this fundamental inequality. But having said that, Brother Africa, I want you to, to check this out. Now, a report from the Institute of Policy Studies states, since 1963, growing income and wealth inequality over the last four decades has supercharged historic racial wealth disparities and slowing and even reversing gains that were created, presumably under LBJ's Great Society. The altruism exhibited by the Great Society by no means established a precedent where the fight to end inequality would be embraced. Instead, a litany of government policy would be enacted to ensure inequality would prevail. <clears throat> this predisposition to encourage inequality has its roots in government policy with the express interest in limiting opportunities for African people as a means of preserving the capitalist order. <clears throat> now, without doubt, the wealth gap in the U.S. has its origin in New Deal in which FDR consented to, uh, only if he agreed to deny access to new homes and, low, and low, low, interest, low interest loans to African people, irrespective of their income. This injustice was followed by the Homestead Act of 1862 that provided land to individuals of European ancestry, provided they resettled in Western U.S. territories. Orchestrated attempts to, at impoverishing African people did not end with official government policy, but in, but in informal policy as well, that justified the plunder and theft of African lands. States would ignite the process of running, Afri running Africans from their land by artificially inflating the value of the land owned by African farmers, then deny African farmers loans. White vigilantes employing threat of violence or death <coughs> or following the state's lead would chase African farmers off their land, <coughs> knowing they had the state support. 
Now, necessity of taking land from African farmers were deemed justified because land represented both status and freedom. Under the and under the code of the antebellum South, black ownership of land did not gel with the natural order of things. Consequently, by 1910, 210,000 African African farmers owned 14 million acres of land, but that number was greatly reduced by state government chicanery and racist violence. Uh, utilizing laws that saw African farmers disenfranchised. By 1920, f- former African owners of farmland saw their land confiscated by, and government strategies by, saw the ranks incorporated into sharecroppers, no longer control their economic destiny. Sharecropping had increased by 369,842 Africans and with this economic servitude. African farmers were relegated to less than 140,000 acres of land valued at just $14 billion by year 2002. Putting some in perspective, during this time, total value of the, of the land owned by Africans was assessed at $1.2 trillion. Now, now, indeed, $14 billion is a lot of money, and the U.S. government had no intentions of allowing Africans to benefit from this kind of wealth. Strategies historically used to undermine wealth creation in the African community will reemerge. The USDA, or the United States Department of Agriculture, systematically would exclude African farmers from loans, and despite this practice being cataloged, it persists to this day. However, this is, this, there, is, there is one caveat. Unlike the practice of denying loans to African farmers, press, and in contemporary times, the level of inequality confronting African people is now much more pervasive and insidious. Inequality is now carried out in a manner both subtle and nondescript, while neatly concealing its ulterior motive behind concepts that mask inequality in the African community. One such concept is supply-side economics. Championed by both Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher of the U.K., the concept seeks to justify any streams of capital to the wealthy under the guise such wealth would trickle down and benefit to society. According to Reagan, these benefits to society could be accrued by providing tax cuts for the wealthy, decreased social spending, deregulation, and increased military spending. One of the problems with supply-side economics is that it negates revenues for government. For example, when Trump reduced the corporate tax rate from 35% to 21%, he reduced the the availability of taxes from corporations, thereby increasing corporations' ability to spend more money abroad with much of the economic gains being tax-free. Reduction of corporate taxes complicates government's missions of providing education, housing, and, and, and employment for working people. Now, according to leading economic indicators, indicates that with supply-side economics, the level of inequality rises. In the case of African communities, supply-side economics handicaps the aspirations of the community, hit hard by unemployment, homelessness, and poorly financed schools, themselves a function of government policy, disregard for structural inequality. Now, supply-side economics duplicity goes deeper. Coupled with capitalistic logic, inequality is a logical outcome. Propensity to steal from the poor is embedded in capitalism, and the inclination to label all things as commodity implies all things are for sale, even human dignity. Of course, determining a person's or group worth is impossible to ascertain in a sane world, but in capitalism, it is not. During the subprime debacle of 2008, the bogus financial instruments were established to siphon money from working people, disproportionately Africans. This crime was to provide mortgages without the discernible creditor and set multiple creditors under the collateral debt obligation scheme. Collateral debt obligations, obligations were structured to ensure mortgage payments would increase monthly to ensure profits for the various financial institutional players 
who participated in the scheme. As a result of ballooning mortgage payments monthly, keeping up with mortgage payments was impossible, along with declining wages. Ironically, if we accounted for salary, credit ratings, and work history, many Africans were systematically disadvantaged and directed towards subprime loans, even if they'd qualified for conventional loans. Reports indicate only 26% of whites were directed towards subprime loans, 47% for Latin, but 53% for Africans. There is no mistake in the Fed government was aware of the pitfalls of subprime loans. There are 2 million people, or 240,000 to 530,000, who lost their homes in 2008, were mere cannon fire whose lives paled in comparison to the wealthiest pursuit of profit at the expense of the people who lack, according to the wealthy, intrinsic value. Consequences of taking out the subprime loan has dented Africans' credit history and likely to remain illegally on their credit report indefinitely. High interest rates more surely awaits them into the future, but the more scandalous aspect of the scam resulted in an additional 2 million unemployed people that has been squarely blamed on the victims of the subprime scam. The criminals who routinely steal $47 trillion to date will go on free to engineer other financial crises resulting in additional recessions. Sadly, with each economic recession in the U.S. <clears throat> that occurs every seven to ten years, the level of inequality in the African community will increase. The next recession will be truly instructive, <clears throat> and whether or not recession is acknowledged by the Bureau of Economic Research. So the bottom line, Brother Africa, we got our work cut out for us, and that is and it's, and it's that, as simple as that, and I close with that. But Brother Haki, it's nothing to do it. You just need to do it. That's all. We thank you, my brother. Next, we're going to Brother Anthony, who is the organizer and member of the All African Peoples Revolutionary Party DC, and we welcome him to Africa on the Moon. Welcome, Brother Anthony. Are you with us, Brother Anthony? Can you hear us? Yes, I can. Okay, welcome to Africa on the Moon. Thank you for having me. Revolutionary greetings to you, uh, uh, the fellow panelists and the listening audience. My name is Anthony Williams. I'm an organizer for the All African Peoples Revolutionary Party, GC. Objectivist Pan-Africanism, the total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism. Thank you, Brother Anthony. Next, we'll go to Brother Moses, who can walk across the sea while getting wet, and we'd like to welcome him to Africa on the Move. He's a member of the D.C. Metro Coalition in, in solidarity of the Cuban Revolution. Brother Moses, welcome to Africa on the Move. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Africa. Greetings to everyone within the sound of my voice, especially the illustrious panelists. My name is Robert Andrew Moses. I've been in the struggle for scientific socialism from the moment I was introduced to Marxism during a government class back in my high school years, 1968. I call Marxism the race to cure racism. I bear witness that there's one God, Jesus, who is the author and finisher of my faith, and that Mao Zedong is his messenger for government. Fathers, help your children. We don't correct we don't reverse correct verdicts. You know, I'm pro-choice and I vote. I bear witness that women hold up half the sky. Therefore, I'm for the Equal Rights Amendment, E-R-A-S. And the struggle continues to be to unite the many to defeat the few. We 
are faced with day-to-day problems, but we need to study, study, study world history in order to know where we are in history and where we are going and how we're going to get there. I, I adhere to Marxism, Leninism, Mao Zedong thought, let a thousand flowers bloom, let a hundred schools of thought contend. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses, and we're making a transition to welcome Sister Eleanor, who is also a member of the D.C. Metro Coalition in support in solidarity with the Cuban Revolution. Welcome, Sister Eleanor. Thank you, Brother Africa and fellow analysts and to our listeners in the United States and abroad. My name is Eleanor Johnson, and I'm delighted to be on this evening's program And um, I have interesting uh, news to share that President Lula, after the G77, met in Havana with the president of Cuba. And uh, it's just a wonderful week. And uh, thank you again for having me on the show. Thank you. Thank you for being here, Sister Eleanor. At this point in time, let's just go ahead and make our transition right now to the segment, what's going on in your world and the community and for the listening audience. If you'd like to share with us on what's going on in your world and community, you can do that by calling in at 323-679-08. At 323-679-08. And we will acknowledge your hit one, and we will acknowledge your last four numbers. Coming back to you, Brother Haki, what's going on in your world and the community? Well, Brother Africa, I I, I tell you, uh, there was a recent incident uh, in Liberia, West Africa, uh, in which a a white uh, Christian mercenary, uh, Lucas Richard, was was, uh, attempting to kill a young woman that he had impregnated. Now, uh, the the thing is that, uh, you know, um, know, it's a very, very strange story because one of the things when when you talk about culpability, you know, even though the information suggested that, in fact, that he that he committed a crime, he tried to essentially say that uh, what had transpired uh, simply wasn't the case. That, in fact, he was the heroine of the heroine of the situation. In fact, in, actu- in actuality, he's saying that, you know, he's the one who comes to the woman's aid in terms of assisting her. Now, despite the eyewitness accounts of some youth who came along the scene who witnessed what was going on. He specifically denied that uh, that this kind of assault took place. And assault, specifically, I'm talking referring to as a situation where he actually cut the young woman's throat. Now, what is interesting about this is is that you know um, not only did he attempt to cut her throat, but prior to cutting her throat, he actually uh, he actually tried to manipulate the situation where he can get her into some some desolate kind of place where nobody's around, where he can conveniently kill her and dispose of her body. Uh, the, 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 the woman herself talked about the fact that, you know, um, we know uh, on one occasion, you know, he, he st- told her that he's getting out of the car to urinate. On the second occasion, he told her get, he's getting out of the car to urinate again. But on this particular situation, in, particular, in this particular time, he accompanied him to get out of the car. And so what happened was that at the moment that she turned her head, he co-cocked her, uh, you know, uh, trying to knock her out. Uh, he did succeed in terms of knocking her down, but, but by the point that he proceeded in terms of cutting her throat, the youth who had been observing all of this rushed over there, so he didn't get able to 
to, to penetrate her neck to an excessive degree would actually uh, cut a vessel or, or, or artery. Uh, but in any event, uh, when he was captured, he wholeheartedly denied this. And, and what is interesting about this particular case is that when we talk about in terms of his desire to cure her based upon her pregnancy, uh, one of the things that he did while his wife was conveniently away on other missionary missions in, in, in his other parts of Liberia, he was seeing this young woman. So over the course of, over the course of a month, period of months, he eventually impregnated her. And so once he found out he impregnated her, he realized that he was leaving for the, Mer- the return to America the next, the next day. So he thought it was convenient for him to simply kill this young African woman and uh, return to the United States and everything is, everything is fine. But, pro- but perhaps more, which, which is more disheartening about this whole particular, this, this particular story about Africa, aside from the fact that he assaulted, this, tried to attempt to kill this young woman, was the fact that <clears throat> the kind of, as a Christian, the kind of lack of respect for African lives that historically has always been a, 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 sort of, a sort of tenet of Christian beliefs and thoughts in which the value of African lives don't really matter. And so I find it ironic that as a Christian, that when it comes to African lives, that lives have no real value. And so when he talked about coming back, coming back to, the, to the United States, uh, and this was, was very, very interesting too, uh, you know, of course, he was caught by the authorities, and he was he's currently being incarcerated. But for this particular individual is from Louisiana, and and what is interesting about the fact that he's from Louisiana, he represents a church called Creekside Church. And, and and upon learning that he actually attempted to kill this woman after finding out she was impregnated, the church gave out a, a communique which says that in fact that this particular individual, this man, was in fact attacked and robbed in Liberia, which wasn't the truth at all. So even the church attempted to obscure, obscure the reality in terms of the crimes that he was he was uh, guilty of. So the mere fact that the church, in this particular, in this particular instance, Creek, uh, Creekside's church, the mere fact that the church leadership are willing to engage in those kind of distortions, those kind of lies, suggests that re- religion religion as an evocation, evocation, it's not as it's, it's not as spiritual as one would like, and certainly one one would have to theorize that when we talk about Christianity, we have to encompass the political aspect of of uh, Christianity, in terms of you know the willingness to lie and to deceive uh, people, you know, based upon so-called uh, Christ, Christian scriptures. Uh, so clearly, brother Africa, this is a very sad tale, but grateful good thing that at least. This guy was, was was apprehended, and he's currently in prison awaiting trial. And so hopefully he will spend a long, long time in prison. And uh, and hopefully while he's in prison, uh, you know, the story will reach, reach the inmates there in that prison, and um, they will deal with him accordingly. And I'll close with that. Thank you, Brother Aki. Next, Brother Anthony, what's going on in your world and the community? Oh well, uh, as uh, as my comrade stated earlier, um, Walimu, Africa is on fire. They are uh, there. The, uh, there are uh, coups taking place all over Africa, not just in one part, but uh, they seem to be spreading, and that means the discontent among the masses of the people for their suffering under uh neocolonialism and other forms of imperialism is uh is reaching a breaking point. And uh whether these coups are positive or negative, only only history will tell for sure. 
but uh, let's see, but uh, uh, let's see, people are rising up and they're getting more and more fed up with, uh, you know, with the, their living conditions under neocolonialism. Uh, so that uh, and uh, Africa's becoming, uh, uh, you know, more and more unstable, and uh, more uh, and it's more difficult, uh, you know, to maintain uh, a, a foreign presence in Africa than ever before. But uh, the people are rising, and it's on and it's up to Pan Africanists and revolutionaries to make sure that that consciousness continues to rise higher and higher. Thank you, Brother Anthony. We're going to make our transition to Brother Moses. Brother Moses, what's going on in your world and the community? First of all, let me say there's an irresistible historical trend. Countries want their independence. Nations want liberation. And the people want revolution. That's that's nature, and and uh, the laws of nature, and uh, revolution itself. Uh, in my world, we see, you know, a single spark could start a prairie fire, and Africa is on fire. Meanwhile, back here in the U.S. of A., there is um, the gearing towards the. 24 elections and uh, who's going to control the state and uh, short of revolution that is. Uh, But um, these things are happening. uh, um, There's nothing extraordinary. I went to I went to uh, um, See out of the vineyard uh, uh, um, at um, Joe's Emporium, uh, the theater co- company in Mount Rainier, Maryland, and, and um, out of the vineyard is a story about a um, Af- African American families who resisted uh, slavery. Uh, through the court systems prior to emancipation. And some of the, it was um, hundreds of enslaved Prince Georgians gained freedom through the court systems prior to uh, uh, emancipation. And so this was a play about trying to um, raise consciousness about there, there's been a continuous struggle where there's oppression, there's resistance. And we might not know or be aware of all the ways that people are res- have been resistant and uh, we have always resisted oppression. And I'll leave it right there. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. And from Brother Moses, we're going to Sister Eleanor. Sister Eleanor, what's going on in your world and the community? Well, uh, it's been a, a fantastic week as I spoke about Lula. But really what's going on, I was looking at... Um, uh, what's happening in uh, Massachusetts, how there are uh, 2,300 units of affordable housing that are uh, not being used by the public um, and that uh, 
people are sleeping in their cars, hotels, and dorms, and other places simply because of disorganization. But really what's happening is the persistence of imperialism, how the oligarchies of the United States are organized as well as globally. And uh, uh, you see that uh, imperialism, uh, the persistence of imperial relations across the world system, and you see the extreme fragmentation of people, working class people and organizations. So um, the, despite of all of this, people are struggling to form unions, increase their coordination of their, their uh, 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 and to combat their reactionary opponents, the imperialists. So uh, thinking about the reality of the COVID situation where billionaires uh, well soared, big banks came to collect, you know, the poor lost their jobs, housing and health care, and um, how there was vaccine apartheid. And it was brutally enforced. So we see now with the upcoming election the urgency of uh, organizing, uh, participating in next uh, weekend seminar as well as uh, we see the importance of standing together. And in response to Brother Moses' uh, play that he saw uh, uh, Friday evening, it's always to remember that the real abolitionists not the only, weren't only uh, the Quakers. They were abolitionists. There were many abolitionists. But the real roots of the abolition movement were the slaves themselves in that they had to hide thousands of us who may have not had the resources to go to court but still knew the reality of freedom. Harriet Tubman here from Maryland is an example of one person who moved hundreds, if not thousands. And um, there were other movements, abolition movements throughout country. And that should never be forgotten. And uh, that's a real important thing. Frederick Douglass was the most photographed man of the 19th century. But the slaves, in their own liberation, played a tremendous role. They had to hide from other slaves because they were uh, quick to go back to be uh, to the master and inform him of what was going on or inform others that led to uh, death and injury and the maiming of hundreds of people. So it's a summary of uh, what I've been thinking about, and I'm looking forward to the seminar next on the 30th, and thank you again for having me on this evening's show. Thank you, Sister Eleanor. This is Africa on the Moon, what we're going to do right now. As you know, this is this will be the first part 
of a two-part series, Africa Exportations and Coups. This particular program will continue on the 8th. What we're going to do right now, we want to take a revolutionary culture break. And when we come back, we will have some announcements as well as we have our panelists and its final thoughts for this particular program. As repeat, this is the first part of the two-part series, Africa Exploitation Cool. You listen to Brother Africa, and Africa is on the move. We'll be right back. Living in pain, today is the same, and nothing ever changes. Hung by a noose, can't tell the truth, filled with abuse, and everywhere there's danger. How long can this go on? When will the light I see? I know. I must be strong to last through my journey, yeah, to last through my journey, yeah. Time will arrive when we must decide to get off the ride and stop going through these changes. We must prepare and learn how to care, but soon we'll be there while our lives won't be in danger. And when the light is clear, oh how beautiful I will be to know that I've been here and made it through my journey, yeah, and made it through. My journey, yeah, 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 yeah. Made it through my journey. Made it through my journey. Pellerino, a bloodline across the waters from Benin to Salvador Bahia. A scar across the face of the earth. Pellerino, the place they brought the Africans, the place where they tried to make them slaves. Pellerino, you can feel the whip, hear the cries, and see the blood in the red clay. The clay that holds the stones together is African. And each stone is a bone from a people called slaves. Pellerino was the place where death came to dwell. His neighbors did not complain, for he was a way out. From the cold, gray, cobblestone streets to the lifeless cathedrals, tall walls of demons called angels, haunted visions of white faces, crucifying Jesus again and again. But in the sacrifice of this blood, of this dance with death, comes life more rich, more pure, more alive, where death spent many lonely nights pacing the floors of his funeral parlor, waiting for someone to die. Pellerino, a French word called the place of torture, became a place of strength, a place where faces, white saints, became faces 
the black gods were haunted visions and demons became healing visionaries and orishas from the motherland. And Jesus rejoined his kinfolk and was reborn and baptized in the sound of sensual skin turned up to dance to inspire a fire like the sun pronouncing his presence. Pellerino was the tongue of the flame licking the eyes of those who have tried to remain blind, shining a light on a spirit that would not be denied. No, the chains did not break the spirit, did not enslave the music of my soul, did not shackle the will of my freedom, did not tarnish the glow of my gold, and all the Pellerinos in Africa, in Europe, in North and South America cannot destroy the majesty of my people, the love of my people, shining like the sun everywhere we go, everywhere we go. When the light is clear, oh, how beautiful I will be. And made it through my journey, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
That's right. We love Cuba and Havana. Welcome back to Africa on the Move on the 24th day of September 2023. This is the first part of a two-part series, Africa Exploitations and Coups. We would like to remind everyone that Africa on the Move is a community project of and under the banner of the African Awareness Association. On October the 1st, next Sunday, we will be celebrating our 11th anniversary of being on the airways and serving our people. We'd like to invite you to join in with us next week. And um, also, we are asking if you are in a position to support this program and want to show your appreciation, you can do that by sending us a gift or a flower. However you want to take it, by making a donation to African Awareness Association, Inc., P.O. Box 4433, Richmond, Virginia, 23220, or you can cash at us at dollar sign, capital L, small e, small e, small c, small r, small o, or small and small b. Or you can sell us at African Awareness Association 2 at Gmail, all spelled together. And remember, wherever there are economic dependencies, there can be no freedom. Let's support our institution, support Africa on the Move Radio under the banner of the African Awareness Association. As your host, Brother Africa, like always, we're going to stand in the seat and we're going to take the heat. As we define it, we're going to stand behind it. And we want to speak truth to the powerful and the powerless. This is what we, what we do on a weekly basis. So remember, every Sunday at 7 p.m., you're in the right place at the right time. I'm going to blog talk radio and log in to Africa on the Move. Or you can call in every Sunday evening by dialing 1-323-679-0841. We ask you to help spread our listenership for the next couple of months. We would like to go over the 100,000 listenership by having your support and spreading the word. If you'd like a copy of this program or others, please email us at africaonthemove2 at gmail.com. We'll see your copy of this particular program and others. So let's do this thing together. And we got this new dance. You can come and join us. We'll teach you you how you do it. We have this new dance. That is very dynamite, and you can't lose with the stuff we use. The name of this new dance is Let's Get Organized. That's right. Join after on the move, and we'll teach you how to get organized. So we have made a few announcements for today. What we want to do is close our program out with some final thoughts on the first part of the two-part series on Africa, exploitation and proof. And the second part will be air on the 8th of October, so join us. But remember, on the 1st, we're doing an 11-year anniversary special specialty. And more importantly, we want you to join the AAPRPGC and the Kwame Nkrumah International pan African Seminar, which will be this upcoming Saturday at, on the 30th of September from 12 to 4.30 p.m. You can go to that website. It's online Zoom. So all around the world, we all come together and learn from each other. So please do that. And before we go out, we'll give Brother Anthony 
the sign of said to talk again briefly a little bit, remind you about this conference. So let's close out our program tonight by going to our brother Moses. Like always, we'd like to have Brother Moses, your final thoughts for tonight. The mic is yours. Thank you, thank you. Let me say the righteousness of the flesh can never enter heaven because it is carnal. That is why even Jesus felt forsaken during the moment of transition. Jesus committed no sin in God's eye because he was God. Yet men regularly criticize him for sinning. To be in the flesh is to be in sin. His grace has given us what we don't deserve. His mercy is withholding from us what we do deserve. God is your present help in the time of trouble. He never sleeps nor slumbers. Jesus works through people in struggle. Have a good night. Thank you, Brother Moses. From Brother Moses, we now go to Sister Eleanor. Sister Eleanor, your final thoughts for tonight. Um, I want to thank you for another great show this evening, Brother Africa, and um, looking forward to hearing Dr. Anacana and her uh, discussion of Africa and the CFR and how we need to get away from it, as well as the new currency, and it's important to face the fact that Russia stood up to support Africa with the um, proposed uh, invasion of Niger and uh, uh, Burkina Faso. Um, Also, it's important to note that in terms of uh, domestically, uh, the state of Massachusetts um, spends approximately $45 million a month housing people in hotels, shelters, college dorms, and military bases, while the state itself um, has 41,500 units of state-subsidized housing and 31,000 units of federally subsidized housing. And this is the deplorable conditions. While they have 2,300 units vacant that are renovated, ready for occupancy. It's the failing of the state housing authority, and it demonstrates how imperialism and capitalism has made poverty a new commodity in the United States. So with that in mind, I'd like to say thank you again for having me on this evening's show, and good evening. Good evening to you, Sister Eleanor. We thank you. Next, we go to Brother Haki. Your final thoughts for tonight, Brother Haki. Yeah, well, you know, you know, often we talk about the level of inhumanity existing in society, and certainly in the context of capitalism, no one should be surprised that um, inhumanity is the rule of the day. Uh, but here recently, in terms of these budget discussions, uh, it's very interesting. You got a fringe group of far right Republicans whose position is that they they're gonna hold up the budgetary process unless. Uh, there's a 12% cut in social in social services or social spending. Uh, Donald Trump is uh, charges against Donald Trump are dropped. Now, clearly, when you think about the fact that they're talking about 12% uh, cuts in terms of social services or or social spending, when you think about the fact that states, uh, the federal government in particular, uh, doesn't give doesn't revenue share anymore, it gives states grants, and so there's been a large reduction in terms of money for social spending. Going to the states, so what? We, what he, so what these Republicans are saying, superimposed upon 
these already cuts that exist in terms of social spending to the states, they're talking about imposing an additional 12% of cuts you know, on top of that. And so clearly, so what they what they like to see is they would literally like to see tens of millions of people in the society, you know, who are uh, suffering from abject poverty. And if that's not inhumane, I don't know what it is. But it's clearly, uh, one of the things when we talk about this kind of inhumanity, we got to fundamentally understand, you know, that this is this is not the exception. This is the norm. Uh, capitalism does a very good job in terms of breeding people who are insensitive or indifferent to human life or human suffering. And because that's the reality, is incumbent upon us as a people, as a community, uh, to understand the nature of the beast and to begin to create those institutions, organizations, which not only will prepare our people for the inevitability of whatever comes down the road, uh, but to bring clarity to our people in terms of understanding precisely the predicament we currently find themselves confronted with. Having said that, Brother Africa, as always, I encourage people, you know, to unravel the matrix. Uh, one of the things is, is, is very, very clear. You know, uh, we can ill afford to think everything is fine. Uh, earlier, the brother called in and talked about the, 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 the um, ignorance um, among so many young people. Uh, clearly, we have a moral, if not a political, responsibility in terms of enlightening our young people. Because if we don't enlighten our young people, one thing is clear, that our longevity society becomes that's much more problematic. That we cannot afford. With that, Brother Africa, you have a good night. Thank you, Brother Aki. You do the same. Good night to you. Next, we'll go to Brother Anthony. Brother Anthony, you'll find a thought and also just reminded people how they can participate as we talk about joining the AAPRPGC on the 30th, which is this Saturday of um, September from 12 to 430. Um, talk about, again, how can they participate and your final thoughts for today's program. Mike is yours, Brother Anthony. Yes. My final thought for tonight is we must organize because our, our enemies are well organized and we must or, uh, and we must match their level of organization. And you can do that by, uh, by uh, joining an organization that's working for people's liberation such as the All African People's Revolutionary Party GC. Uh, please check out our pro our webinar this Saturday, uh, commemorating Kwame Nkrumah. Uh, and uh, you can visit our website, www.a-aprp-gc.org, uh, to uh, to register. And also, you could, uh, uh, let's see, you could also, uh, 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 you know, click on anywhere on the flyer, and it'll generate the same registration form. Um, anyway, uh, please check out the program. Uh, our theme for this year's uh, program is fighting imperialism, neocolonialism, and Zionism in Africa and its diaspora for one unified socialist Africa. Uh, this is is very important uh, that we that we organize as we as we never have before, in order to defeat imperialism, neocolonialism, and Zionism 
and uh, and other forms of exploitation of one human being by another. And uh, and in this webinar, we'll be talking about uh, efforts that are that organizations are undertaking uh, to uh, to fight all forms of imperialism, neocolonialism, and Zionism. Uh, in uh, in Africa and its importance, and uh, you can and if you visit our website, you can find out more about more details about the program and uh, how you can join uh, uh, the uh, All African People's Revolutionary Party (GC) and about our objectives and program. Uh, thank you for having me, uh, and. Uh, have a good evening. You do the same, Brother Anthony, and to all of my brothers and sisters, um, Africa on the Move and his staff and supporters, uh, looking forward and meeting and dialoguing with y'all on the 30th on the seminar right under the banner of the APRPGC. We look forward in speaking with and dialoguing with our brothers and sisters from Nigeria, from Ghana, from Haiti, from Mali, from Burkina Faso, from Kenya, from Guinea, from Libya, from the Congo, from Algeria, from Guyana, from Azania, from Cuba, Venezuela, and more. We see everybody on 30th. We hope to hear and see our friends and supporters for Africa on the Move. And like always, remember that without information, and while organizations get that thing clearly, we encourage you to join the organization that is fighting for the liberation of your people as well as humanity. We want to remind you that with Pan-Africanism, once we achieve that, it will help set all Africans free throughout the world. So that's fighting for Pan-Africanism, being our own party, and understand revolution is on the solution. Until next time, on the first, we'll be celebrating our level and Love you, that anniversary of being on the airwaves, and we will continue this program after the exploitation coup on the eighth. So until then, like always, we will strive to go forward. Back to level, This is Brother Africa. You listen to Africa on the Move, and we'll leave you with some sounds of sweet liberation.
darle la cabeza en intelecto y actitud. He estado sobrado, somos ricos y sigo respetando al rato de Puerto Rico, al cubano, al colombiano, mexicano y español. Pero lo de nosotros sale del corazón, con sentimiento, con talento, violento, ojo, no con armas, sino con conocimiento. El intelecto emana de los foros, te metes en internet y lo ves en los foros. Esa sabiduría, aunque muchos locos piensen que son habladurías, pero que primero fondo la ciencia mía, para que después hablen como comadre chismosa. Yo te escribo en verso y en prosa. No soy Alice en el país de las maravillas. Estamos claros, te portas mal, te atribillas, te hacen papillas. Es que eso es obvio. O eres ángel o eres demonio, ni niño. O eres ángel o eres demonio. Quiero que toda la gente con las manos arriba. ¿Dónde están los latinos con las manos arriba? Que vive el hip hop con las manos arriba. Con las manos arriba, que viva la cultura con las manos arriba, el deporte con las manos arriba, Venezuela con las manos arriba, ¿qué? ¿Qué? Sentimiento, sabor, rumba, corazón, la salsa retumba, retumba el tambor, no se te olvida el coro, recuerda el folclore, te lo digo el rap, crece la tensión, ritmo caribeño, se siente el calor, esta es música de calle, al que no le guste que vaya a llorar para el valle, es música con estilo. Y lo que más me alegra, la gente latina siempre será gente negra.
And to the buffalo Who once ruled a plain Like the vultures Circling beneath the dark clouds Looking for the rain Looking for the rain Just like the city That stagger on the coastline In a nation That just can't stand much more like the forest buried beneath the highway Never had a chance to grow Never had a chance to grow And now it's winter Winter in America
it's a winner Winter in America And all of the hillers Done been killed Sit away Yeah, the people know The people know it's winter in America And ain't nobody fighting Cause nobody knows what to say And ain't nobody fighting Cause nobody knows, nobody knows The forces arrayed against us are, and I use the word most carefully, formidable. They are intense and powerful. They are, as I have taken some pains to explain, they operate in worldwide combinations at all levels. Political, economic, military, cultural, educational, social and trade. And not all. And through intelligence, cultural and information services. They operate from European and African centers using agents who, I'm ashamed to say, are often on patriotic sons of Africa, buying personal satisfactions with the betrayal of their country's safety and integrity. They seduce leaders. They seduce leaders of the African political trade union and people's organization. That's creating rifts and horrors within the national front. On the border front, they are massing their forces in a determined effort to save the advance of African liberation and the march of unity. They are attempting many methods, some sinister, some beguiling, to wreck our efforts. They strike antipathetic postures. On one side, they perform acts calculated to strike fear. On the other, they try to do good winkers with fictitious gifts, which superficially pander to our hopes and aspirations. They are the present attempts to deflect our purpose, to weaken our determination. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration 
instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. Support Africa on the move.